us be attentive. Brethren, before faith came, we were confined under the law, kept under restraint until faith should be revealed, so that the law was our custodian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a custodian, for in Christ There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no better than a slave, though he by the Father. So with us, when we were children, we were slaves to the elemental spirits of the universe. But when the time had fully come, God sent forth His Son to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Peace be to you, the reader. Be attentive. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. At that time, a ruler came to Jesus and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, All these things I have observed from my youth. And when Jesus heard it, he said to him, One thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. And when he heard this, he became sad, for he was very rich. Jesus, looking at him, said, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those 
those who heard it said, Then who can be saved? But he said, What is impossible with men is possible with God. Peace be to you who proclaims the gospel. to try something with me. Take your hand and put it into a fist. You can keep it on your lap if you want. Keep it in a fist. Keep it in a fist. Keep it clenched. Now as you hold that position with your fist, what starts to happen is that some of your muscles get comfortable with that position and they start locking up. They start holding that position. If you were to do this for a very long time, then other muscles in your hand that you're no longer using, your body would say, I don't need those muscles anymore. Let's put them into dormancy. Let's have them atrophy so they don't get used. Now, if you continued through your life like this, you'd realize you have a disability. You're not able to do the things that you wanted to do, but you would probably adapt because that's what we human beings are very good at doing. So figuring out how to do everything now that we have a fist for a hand. You see this with little kids when they have the thing that they like. They figure out how to do what they want to do while still holding on to the thing that they like. If you hold it longer and longer, what eventually happens is that you don't even realize the potentialities of what you could have in your life. You start making decisions based upon this assumption that you have a fist as a hand. And so you go through your life and more and more things change. And you don't even realize what those things are. Of course, we didn't even talk about the magnitude out of it. If some of you took me seriously, you're getting your finger mar- fingernails into your palm right now. You're feeling the strength of your, your muscles. Okay, so now open your hand. Open it flat. Now let loose. And what happens? It wants to curl back up again. Feel that? So that's just a little thing about the strength of our own grip. But the fact is, the grip strength of our heart is far stronger than the grip strength of our hands. You see, with our hearts, we grab hold of things. And we hold on to them. You can look at the exact same observations that I made and think about that in terms of our hearts. So first, what happens again? Those muscles tighten. They want to hold on tighter. And other muscles, other aspects of our heart, they start atrophying. Because we've got this thing that we're holding on to. And so we don't use those other aspects of our heart. And then what happens over time is that we go through life with the basic assumption, these things I'm holding on to, I have to hold on to them. And then what decisions are left for me to make in the rest of my life? 
We heard about that last Sunday with the, the man in the gospel, if you recall. He built up, he, he had so much grain, he built up all these storehouses, but he had too much grain. And so what was his solution? I need to tear them down and build more storehouses. He couldn't even think, I could give it away. I could just keep what I have and what I need in the storehouses I have. Because why? His grip was so tightly around his possessions, around his grain, he couldn't even think of what else you could do except tear down your warehouse and build a bigger warehouse. That's all he could come up with. Because his mind, his heart was so captivated by, by the possession that he had so that he could have his big plan of eat, drink, and be merry and continue on with his life. And this is at the heart of the Gospel today. This is why Christ challenged the, the ruler with the words that he challenged him with. He wanted him to loosen his grip. He saw his heart and he wanted to heal him. So this ruler, he asked the Lord a good question. What can I do to inherit eternal life? What can I do to get to heaven? And so our Lord says all the, the, the main commandments and another gospel passage this might come out as love the God, Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. But instead in this case it was these commandments. And what does he say? I've done all these. So he's wanting to hear now what? I can keep holding on to the things I'm holding on to. I've fulfilled what I'm supposed to do and now I'm going to get to go to heaven too. That's what he wants to hear. But our Lord sees in his heart how he has this tight grip upon his wealth. It's really irrelevant how much wealth he had. Really irrelevant. Because our Lord could see that the way that he held on to his wealth, that's what needed to be healed. And so he says, sell everything. Give it to the poor and come and follow me. The Lord hopes that he would be able to let go of his grip. As we hear in that, the, the gospel passage today, he wasn't able to. By God's grace, maybe at some point later in his life he was, but he was not able to let go of his grip. And so our Lord continues with the lesson to his, his disciples. This releasing of the grip, this, this is really what stewardship is all about. If you think about it, I mean just the word stewardship. We think of that as like a program of the church or something like that. We're all stewards. What does it mean? We don't own it. That's what it means to be a steward. You don't own it. And instead what it means is how do you take care of the thing that's not yours? So when we talk about stewardship within the church, at the General Assembly I mentioned about this idea that it should feel just a little bit uncomfortable. Why should it feel a little bit uncomfortable, What the amount that we're giving? Because then that means that we're beginning to let go a little bit. We're beginning to loosen that grip. If it's just sort of a perfunctory, I give this amount and this is what I do, there's no room for that letting go of the grip. Forget about percentages. It's about a matter of the heart. That's what it's about. So every time that we give, we should feel a little bit uncomfortable. But much of the time, we're so enmeshed in the things that we're holding on to that we don't even see. I'll ask you, how many of you are rich? Don't raise your hands. How many of you are rich? 
None of you, right? No one's rich. We all know people who are rich, but none of us are rich. Think about it. What does this mean? We can't see what we're holding on to. We can't see it. We can see what other people are holding on to, but we can't see what we're holding on to. So other people are rich, but I'm not rich. In the Gospel, it stares at us and makes us uncomfortable. We hear that this story and we think, gosh, that's pretty tough, what our Lord said to that young man. That's pretty difficult what he said. And what we want to do with it is we want to say, well, you know, that's not the equation for everyone. Yeah, there's some truth to that. But what it is saying is what you have your grip on, let go. It's very clear. Very clear. He could not let go of the things that he had his grip on. So the question then begs, what do we have our grip on? What are we holding on to? We all did this little exercise. Now the hard work is looking inside of ourselves and trying to see what inside we're gripping on to. But I'll tell you, there's a really simple way to see what you're gripping on to. Could you lose it? Could you lose it? And what would that be like? Just fill in the blank with anything. Could I lose that thing and what would it be like? That tells us what our grip is. We can all think right now about those things that suddenly become very hard to let go of. But what we learn from the gospel today is what? It's not just that young ruler. Every single one of us, our Lord is asking to loosen the grip. And furthermore, our Lord will come and He will ask that of us. And we've all had experiences in our lives where that was asked of us already. Something that we lost. And these can be very heavy things. But through each of these, we have the opportunity to see... Can I let go of that? But the more important thing is that what God hasn't asked of me yet, can I let go of that? It's still here under my stewardship. But if at any point our Lord says, this is something that you no longer need to have on your path to salvation, I can say, okay, it's not mine anyway. I can give it away. But if I'm holding on tightly, those muscles are clenched, they have been formed in that position of not letting go. Unless I do the physical therapy, the exercise, to let it go, I can't. And that's where, at the end of the Gospel, our Lord says that whole passage about the eye of the camel and the rich. Now, earlier this week, I don't know how this conversation came up, but in our house we were talking about raccoons and about how apparently raccoons can go through a space about this wide. They dislocate their ribs and they go right in, like a garage door that's open that much. A full-size raccoon can go through that. That's the nimbleness that we need to have with all of our possessions so that we can go through that eye of the needle. Because why? All of those things are just, they can be let go of. So think of that picture. But the thing to remember from the gospel today is all of this is being asked of us. Everything that is in our grip 
is being asked of us. It may come in a very startling way, or it may come at the end of our life, or it may come at any point along the course of our life, but everything is being asked of us. Why? Because it's not ours. And that's the lesson from the Gospel today, is that the wealth of that ruler was not his. And so to ask him to go ahead and give away what's not his should be an easy proposition. Right? I could go to someone else's house and I could start giving away everything that's in the house. That's pretty easy. Because it's not mine. But this is the way that we should view everything that is under our purview. Everything that is in our stewardship. It's not mine. So as we continue forward, remember that grip. Think about the ways in which we hold on and don't let go. And then think about the ways that we can begin to slowly loosen the grip and let these things be. Amen.